Welcome to Cowan Insights, a space that brings leading thinkers together to share insights and ideas shaping the world around us. Join us as we converse with the top minds who are influencing our global sectors. Hello, my name is Charles Ree, Cowan's Healthcare Technology Analyst, and welcome to the Cowan Future Health Podcast. Today's podcast is part of our monthly series that continues Cowan's efforts to bring together thought leaders, innovators, and investors to discuss how the convergence of healthcare technology and consumerism is changing the way we look at health, healthcare, and the healthcare system. And in this episode, we'll be discussing the future of chronic care management and the ability now to leverage technology to aid in reversing disease. And to discuss the topic with me is Sami Inkanen, co-founder and CEO of Verta Health, an innovative digital health company that helps members safely and sustainably reverse type 2 diabetes by addressing root causes of the disease without medication or surgery. Verta works with the largest health plans, employers, and government organizations and puts 100% of its fees at risk based on clinical and financial outcomes. Thanks for joining us today, Sami. Well, thank you so much for having me, Charles. Very happy to be here. Yeah, likewise. So, you know, let, you know, want to just maybe start with diabetes, right? Obviously, you know, we're dealing with a diabetes crisis in America, and it's certainly one that many companies are trying to tackle. Uh, and, and frankly, it's a topic that we've touched on in some of our earlier podcasts here at Cowan. You know, the approach of most is to really try to manage this, uh, diabetes, you know, ideally get, you know, someone to their, you know, some level of glycemic control and to stop progression of the disease. And however, you know, you know, certainly the, the conversation now has started to shift towards disease reversal rather than management. And it seems like it's a concept that has been gaining traction and acceptance in the industry. You know, I think the American Diabetes Association, along with other international bodies, jointly published a new a consensus statement on diabetes reversal and remission uh, just last year. And that seems like a big shift. You know, maybe, Sami, you can just uh, help us here understand a little bit, you know, how has diabetes historically been treating? treated and you know why hasn't there been a greater focus on reversal before now yeah well let me just start by kind of stating the hopefully obvious that there's obviously two different types of diabetes there's type 1 diabetes which is an autoimmune disease and oftentimes right. called like uh, you know uh, diabetes that hits kids that's sort of one to five percent of of total diabetes. And then we have type two diabetes, which is often called the adult onset diabetes. So usually when we talk about diabetes in America, it's a type two, which is more than 95% of diabetes uh, in America. And uh, sometimes people also call it the, the lifestyle disease. So let, let me just very, very briefly paint the sad, grim, big picture. So We've been fighting this disease, primarily type 2 diabetes, for the last, you know, at least three or four decades. But currently, in America alone, we have 133 million, 133 million adults who either have type 2 diabetes or they're on their way to becoming type 2 diabetic. In other words, they have prediabetes. So they're ridiculously massive numbers. And sadly, these numbers going up and up and up. And so very speaking, however you look at it, whatever we've done over the last three or four decades, it's tough to make a case that it's working, that it's fundamentally working. And so to your question, I think the fundamental issue is that type 2 diabetes has been seen by scientists, by practitioners as a chronic progressive disease 
well, there's only one way. It's a one-way street. Once you have it, you get worse and worse and worse. And the best that we can do is to try to slow down the progression of this disease, usually by prescribing medications to lower your blood sugar. And so now the big idea that we are promoting and hopefully proving in the process at Verda Health is that, wait a second, this is a disease that can actually be reversed, nutritionally reversed, or we actually would take someone with type 2 diabetes and pull them back to a healthy state. And we can talk about in a second, uh, what is the evidence there and how people are slowly starting to come around and say, hey, wait a second, maybe the only way to actually address this epidemic is that we actually reverse this disease, which I believe is the only way that we can actually make a real dent in the problem. And what do you think might have changed, uh, you know, overall? So you've been working on this for a number of years now, but, you know, it seems like, um, you know, the the medical community is starting to come around to this too. Anything specific about what's, what's changed now to maybe, maybe bring, bring people around? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, but if there's one word, it's evidence evidence it you know anyone can shout from the rooftops and say hey type 2 diabetes is a reversible disease but if you don't have evidence you aren't going to convince the clinicians and the scientists and the practitioners that it it can be reversed so maybe verda health has been part of that so as you mentioned you know we've been at this for now six or seven years we have a prospective clinical trial five years five years into so we have good longitudinal data we've published about dozen peer-reviewed papers to show that indeed you can reverse or put type 2 diabetes into remission. Uh, so I, I think the first one is, is evidence um, and very credible evidence that indeed you can take someone who's late stage type 2 diabetic on insulin, you get their blood sugar under control and get this person completely off of insulin. So I'd say evidence is one. Uh, and then another way to look at this and answer your question is like, well, what changed? How is it possible? Because we've been battling with this disease three or four decades. Um, from our perspective, and as, as we think of what we do, it's, it's really two things. One is nutrition science, just understanding that what is the role of nutrition in developing and reversing the disease. Uh, and it's not just about how much you eat, but it's what you eat. And so that's one that the nutrition science has advanced a lot. The understanding how you can actually address insulin resistance um, nutritionally. And then the second thing is you can have the best nutrition protocol in the world, but if people don't follow it, you know, it's, it's worth nothing, right? And so what has changed over the last, I'd say five, seven, eight years is um, with the um, adopting of smartphones and changing of telemedicine laws, now you can provide this 24 seven support and medical supervision digitally, uh, which, drives adherence and, and safety. So when you combine the nutrition science advancements and the ability to deliver kind of 24 seven support through your, literally through your smartphone, I think that has allowed us to deliver those outcomes and then consequently generate the evidence to convince people that, hey, yeah. this is real. Yeah, and I'm sure we're gonna to touch on some of that uh, more in a little bit, but you know, maybe just you know, to, to touch on it, you, you, you know, your background, you know, wasn't actually healthcare to begin with. Um, and, and, you know, so, you know, what led you to this journey to, to start Verda then? 
Yeah, so it, absolutely right. So my, my background is in, in science to some extent. So I have a physics degree and started my career in a nuclear power plant, which completely does not qualify me to be in healthcare, obviously. So I, I do have sort of a scientific background, but then spent my whole career in uh, technology and software prior to founding VertaHealth. So, so how did I stumble on, on Verda and did this idea? Very, very briefly, it turns out that I became pre-diabetic myself and I, I was on my way to becoming type 2 diabetic, which obviously, you know, not a unique situation if there's 133 million Americans in that. But what was unique to me was that I was a world champion endurance athlete. So world champion in uh, triathlon in my age group. And usually, at least in my mind, you know, type 2 diabetes is seen as a lifestyle disease that, you know, you eat bad food and you don't exercise. And so I shockingly discovered that now I was one of them, the people that I was not supposed to be. And so in my frustration, I started, you know, reading a lot, meeting with scientists, clinicians, asking, what the heck, what's going on here? Like, how is this possible? You know, I'm lean, I exercise 10 hours a week, what is happening to me? And so I kind of accidentally stumbled into these scientists who had been researching this area for many, many years. And they said, hey, yeah, the evidence is clear. It's not about how much you eat. You can be very lean. You can be an athlete, whatnot. Uh, it's, it's about what you eat. And there's a nutritional way to address this disease in a way that's kind of been forgotten for three or four decades. And, you know, I was like, obviously rolling my eyes first and saying, well, that's impossible because this is a $400 billion a year problem. If you really knew how to address this, you would have done it. But uh, eventually I became convinced and teamed up with these scientists and said, hey, let's go. We, I, I think we have something here. We can actually go and address this massive, massive problem in a very, very novel way. And here we are seven years later. Yeah, and so maybe just a good uh, segue here. C can you give us a quick overview of the verdict treatment and you know how it, it addresses sort of root causes diabetes? Yeah. Well, yeah, so at the high level, so what is for the health? So we are a provider-led virtual clinic um, that delivers a nutrition-based treatment through behavior change to reverse type 2 diabetes. So if you kind of go under the hood, it's a company, combination of two things. One is nutrition protocols to reverse the underlying drivers of type 2 diabetes. 100% through behavior change. So we don't ship food, sell food. It's all through behavior change and highly individualized to, you know, the N equals one patient. And again, everything's customized, but it's sort of the science centers around individualized carbohydrate restriction. So that's one part. So nutritionally through behavior change, we can reverse your insulin resistance. But then the second part is, again, what I mentioned earlier, if you don't follow the protocol nutritionally that you're supposed to, nothing comes out of it. So the second part that we had to kind of reinvent is how do we deliver care and how do we support our patients? And we call it continuous remote care, which in a sense, in a sense it's 24 seven support by providers and other care team members fully remotely through your smartphone. And then we track your biomarkers, mostly blood-based multiple times a day. So we have this objective picture in what's happening in your body. So we know how to help you. We know how to guide you. And we also know how to de-prescribe your medications because if your blood sugar starts coming down naturally, if you're on drugs like insulin, we actually have to de-prescribe you very, very quickly. So when you combine those two things, 
the right nutrition science and protocols and the 24 seven support virtually, you can actually get the kinds of results that we've seen now in our thousands and thousands of patients, both in clinical trial and commercially. Yeah, and you know, if we think about nutritional science, I, I think you just touched on it a little earlier, right? I, I mean, you know, some of it's not necessarily new, or at least the idea, some of these ideas aren't necessarily new. It sounds like you're saying uh, nutritional science itself, though, has advanced. Um, but obviously, if people don't follow the protocols, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't really work, right? You know, maybe talk, touch a little bit more. You, you talked about this um, kind of care support, continuous remote uh, monitoring or engagement. Can you talk about how how you're engaging the patients? You know, you know, and you know, and how does that in it, in itself kind of affect sort of this long-lasting behavior change that you're seeing? Yeah. Well, first you mentioned the word engagement, and it's always important to remember the sort of two meanings to that. One is just yeah. to get people into the door, and you know, in our case, it's about just sharing the outcome and and end goal, which is that hey, you've had this quote-unquote lifelong disease, progressive chronic disease called type 2 diabetes, it's actually reversible. And surprise, surprise, that's a very, very strong and well resonating message to most people. Nobody really wants to live with type 2 diabetes or, <laughs> or injecting insulin or whatever drugs they might be on. So that's kind of the first part of engagement. And that's working very well simply by the virtue of explaining that this is a reversible disease. But then the second part of engagement is, okay, you get someone into the door, they become our patient and we start the treatment. Like, how do you actually keep people engaged? And I'm gonna tell you a secret. This is one of the reasons why traditional diabetes management doesn't really work very well. And here's the secret. The number one driver of engagement is outcomes. It's outcomes. So when the use of perceived benefits are so strong, the people are feeling fantastic. They're getting off of their, again, let's just say insulin drugs. They're sleeping better. They're losing weight. They're just literally feeling energetic. That is the number one driver engagement. It is not a trick to you know, send five times more messages or have a wonky user interface in the app that gets people addicted. It's literally outcomes. Um, and you know, that's a result again of the nutrition science and then the ability to, to provide 24 seven support. So outcomes is the number one driver of engagement, but then of course, just the fact that our patients can feel that their care team, a licensed medical provider, MD usually, and then our other care team members are right then and there to support them, whether that's a practical problem or, or symptom or health issue, whatever they have. Uh, that we are right then and there to help them uh, gives them the, I guess, the user-centered and empathy that uh, is always needed in, in a treatment like this. I mean, is that sort of the feedback that you get from, from your members, these patients? Like, you know, they've obviously been living with disease. They've, they've probably been, you know, sort of, um, you know, shamed maybe to a certain extent that it's, you know, their fault, uh, right? It's, you know, that they're living with something that's progressive and they can't reverse it's, you know, it's just having someone tell them, is that just the, the number one reason why we haven't seen much progress, right? A, a doctor prescribes a medication, but the doctor's not really convincing them that they can really get better in the long run. Yeah, well, it's interesting. The reaction of many of our patients, let's say a month into the treatment, 
is rage. They are outraged. They're angry, but they are not angry at Verda. They're angry about the fact, and this is not every time, but it's very pretty, pretty common, that they've been living with type 2 diabetes for a decade, maybe two. And you know, maybe they've lost a toe, maybe they don't really feel their hands, their eyesight's going down. They're on this massively expensive and inconvenient drugstore. They're just feeling like crap. And I'm not exaggerating here. In 30 or 45 days, they reverse a decade or two of damage. And so patients are like outraged to say, wait a second, why, how is this possible? Uh, why didn't I hear about this a decade ago? And I'll just give you an example here, which this is my favorite thing to share. We now have multiple Verda patients who've reversed their type 2 diabetes. And after that, on their own spontaneously, they've gone and tattooed the Verda company logo on their body permanently, permanently. And so why would you do that? Now, even I sometimes think that that's, that's kind of a little out there, but, and I, I obviously I, I don't know the exact reasons, but it goes to show me that the experience of getting rid of what's kind of like a death sentence effectively in a matter of months is, is life transforming, literally life transforming. And, uh, you know, obviously as, as a CEO of, of a company, it feels like the NPS 100 moment when, when, when your paying patients decide to tattoo the logo of the company. Yeah, I, obviously that's a, a, a strong endorsement. Um, you know, if we think about, you know, the way you support patients, um, maybe talk a little bit about how you leverage technology and obviously your background from technology, I'm sure plays a big part of it. You know, can you talk about how that background kind of shaped the way you design the platform and, and, and the services to patients? To support them? Yeah, well, it, it's interesting. I grew up on a farm, but got a computer when I was like, I don't know, seven or eight years old. And I was a software developer until like 2000 or so. And then my whole professional career has been in technology and, and software companies as, as, as a founder. So I know the power of software. But perhaps here's the interesting thing, uh, I think, for, for me as a leader, which is our patients, Alberta patients, could not care less how cool the software is or how much we use AI. And I think that's been an important realization for me. What they care is the outcomes and the care and their experience. And so what we try to do is to hide the complex and cool technology and give patients, of course, deliver the outcomes, but the feeling that we have real people delivering care, caring about our patients and individualizing whatever needs to be individualized and always be there kind of delivering the empathy, even though it's everything's delivered digitally. Um, so we try to hide all the, hide all the AI and, and software. And what I like to say externally and internally is that we use a lot of the AI to give our care team members, which is our providers and coaches, superpowers. So the patient still feels like, oh, there's a human helping me, even if a lot of the actions and productivity and even the decision support tools are based on software and AI. So, so that's the fundamental approach. 
and maybe also touch on then, right? Uh, how, you know, because obviously I'm sure a lot of these patients have their own uh, primary care physician or specialist that they see. Can you talk about how you integrate care then back into sort of their ongoing medical care? Yeah, so Verda is not a primary care provider. Um, so we are sort of a specialist. We are diabetes specialists for, for these patients and we're not trying to replace the PCP of the primary care. Um, I guess there's, there's a couple of things to mention. So one, as a provider-led organization, again, we have our own providers delivering care. Providers are used to provider-provider communication. So that's actually pretty smooth. And whether that happens through fax or email or even individual consultations and calls. So we are not a tech company that throws an app at, at a patient and then a PCP is like, what, what the heck's going on here? So that's sort of the one thing that's very important that you know, providers like to talk to providers and there's a mutual respect. So that's sort of the one thing. The second thing is we always try to over-communicate. So when a patient enrolls in the Verda, we immediately send communication to their PCP saying, hey, here's the company, here's what we do, here's links and information about our published and peer-reviewed results, is how it works. If you have any issues, call us. And then the third thing I would say, you know, most PCPs are ridiculously busy they are having very, very hard time with people living with type 2 diabetes. And so the kind of high point and high experience for the PCP that usually happens is their patient comes back for the every three or six month visit and they go, wait a second, wait a second, what happened? How is your blood sugar A1C down from 10 to, I don't know, 6.5 or 7 and you're off of insulin? And they literally, and again, I'm not exaggerating, but we hear these stories that the PCP goes and hugs their patients. Says, I've rarely or ever seen this in my career, but your diabetes is not there anymore. And so that's kind of the high point. And then often the PCP goes, what are you doing? And then we get a message saying, hey, can you tell me more about this? And is there any way to get more of my patients into, into this treatment? Yeah. So those are some of the sort of practical experiences. But you know, also the truth is, it's always hard. PCPs are busy. They don't have time to read extra stuff. They certainly don't want to be, get a data dump and say, make something out of that. So we try to do the work with them and for them as it relates to type 2 diabetes. That's really interesting. And, you know, you, you, you mentioned a little earlier, and maybe you can just jump into that then, about, right, you have now a lot of longitudinal data Mm -hmm. on on your on your patients right going on five years i think you've had maybe three and a half years published so far uh but but you have five-year data you know maybe talk a little bit about some of the clinical and financial impact uh that you've seen so far you know in, in the patients you've treated yeah so you are absolutely right our prospective clinical trial is now completed past five years so the five-year data is, is in peer review um and why is that so important well Reversing type 2 diabetes for a month makes no difference. Six months, yeah, pretty interesting. Year is starting to be a game changer. If you do it two years or more, it, it's really transformative, uh, both economically because health plans and employers really care about sort of show me the money in two years, so I don't care. And then the past two years, it's starting to be absolutely life-changing for the individual patients. So the longitudinal data and preferably published and peer-reviewed, it, it's, it's sort of absolutely essential um, in, in addressing a chronic disease. The short-term data, it doesn't 
doesn't really mean much. So that's why we've invested very heavily into generating this kind of a longitudinal data set and um, we openly really published and showed it to, to customers and partners. And then when it comes to economic savings, that is something we've done, or economic impact, that's something we've done separately with our self-insured employer customers by analyzing their claims, which is probably the best way to, to truly estimate what, what, what the saving is. And the first 24 month savings, which usually start in the first 45 to 60 days, because patients get off of their medication so quickly. The first 24 month savings, it's about $425 per patient per month. So about $10,000, $10,000 of gross savings per patient. And this is claims-based analyzed with uh, self-insured employers nationwide. So they're pretty massive numbers when, when you really think about it. Um, and about half of that is elimination of diabetes medications, which again, happen very, very rapidly. Yeah, hey, uh, that's pretty, pretty impressive. You know, maybe talk a little bit more about the receptivity you're seeing then among, you know, employers and health plans. And I'm curious, you know, when, when you sign, when you, when you have some of these employer customers, you know, uh, unless they have a subset of their, you know, employees who are diagnosed with diabetes or are struggling with it, um, you know, when it's presented to them, what, what type of activation, like, uh, uh, you know, what kind of um, uh, conversion are you getting, you know, typically, uh, you know, with, with those members and, and, and you see that kind of increasing over time, maybe through word of mouth uh, within the employer? Yeah, absolutely. Like I, I think you asked earlier, and I mentioned earlier that when people talk about engagement, there's two types of engagement. One is like, how many people do you get to the door? Yeah. And then like, how, how many um, or how do you engage afterwards? And both matter because at the end of the day, when we work with an employer like, um, you know, Home Depot, for example, you know, they want to see maximum impact. And so let me address uh, both of those. For the latter type of engagement, um, at one year, we have 83% uh, patient retention. So 83% and still at two years, it's 74%. When in many or most lifestyle treatments that touch nutrition, you know, after six months, most of the people have left. And so we have very, very high retention, 83% and 74% still at, at two years. and. I, I think obviously a big part of it is the support, but again, I, I do think the number one driver is, is outcomes. And then the formal kind of engagement is um, when we start working with an employer or, or health plan, um, like how many people can we activate and how many people join the treatment? And uh, we typically get to, with good marketing access, we get to about one third of the population. So that's a really good uh, activation rate which we think is, is something that um, can still be improved. And largely, we also see this in more mature populations because you mentioned word of mouth, but it's actually the awareness. Um, we get a lot of this feedback that when people get an email or flyer, however we might communicate, there's a little bit of a disbelief. Like, wait a second, is this real? Are you telling you can really reverse type 2 diabetes? And so um, people usually like to wait and see and see, oh, wow, my colleague signed up and I, I heard about this. And as the word gets around, then we kind of get over the credibility hurdle. But that's, that's what we see. 
And, and you know, and, and and certainly, you know, you you guys put you know your money where your mouth is, right? I mean, you, you put your fees at risk. Uh, I mean, it, obviously, there's a, a strong incentive for you to to demonstrate the the outcomes and 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 the confidence you have in achieving it. You know, we hear other companies increasingly talking about that. It seems like the market, to a certain extent, is shifting that way. Is this something that uh, you find that employers are demanding, or is this something when you know they're they're already intrigued just on the the, the you know the, the the offering itself, and then when you tell them, oh, by the way, we also put our fees at rest, you know, that's kind of a bonus for them, you know, or, or is this is this something that you you're hearing more employers or, and health plans maybe even ask for? I think the market is moving there, but honestly, just to tell you the truth, we kind of had to early because you know, five years, so I, I guess two or three years ago when we made product commercially available, the, 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 a couple of things were happening in the marketplace, particularly among self-insured employers, but to some extent also health plans. One, there was like the point solution explosion. You know, there were all kinds of diabetes, this and that, and yeah. a lot of employers had kind of burnt their fingers and said, that, well, we deployed this, but not quite sure if diabetes is going to go away. Well, obviously it hasn't gone away. Um, so there was that one thing was, was happening. Um, and then a second one was for us to come to the market and basically make an, what sounded like an outrageous promise that you can reverse type 2 diabetes. Like I said, when I met the scientists that I started Verda with, I was rolling my eyes. I was like, you are so full of hot air. If this was true, everybody would know about it, right? Like, of course, everybody would know about this. And so we had a lot of that kind of disbelief. So... The truth is we kind of had to, and I said, well, wait a second. And I was asking these self-insured employers, I said, well, if this works, like, isn't this the greatest thing ever for type two diabetes? And the answer was yes, if it works. And I said, what's your worry? And they said, well, I, you know, I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to spend X amount of money and then see nothing. I said, all right, let's do this. I am so confident. We are so confident about these results that you're going to pay nothing unless we deliver a type two diabetes reversal at, at scale. So honestly, that's, that's the truth. We were kind of forced to, but then once we started rolling with it, I said, well, wait a second, this is the greatest thing ever because if anybody else comes to the market and says, hey, we do the same, you know, there's one way to test how confident you are, what you're doing is to say, are you gonna put 100% of your fees at risk, like tied into real results? not just the lots of footnotes and kind of making the marketing claim. And so that's how we ended up with this model. And honestly, you ask me, I think this is what healthcare should be. It should be about paying for results, not just paying for showing up. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> in theory, right, this whole value-based care movement, you know, in theory is we should be paying for outcomes. <laughs> uh, obviously, you guys are, are way ahead of the curve there. Um, you know, maybe as we, we kind of, you know, kind of wrap up here a little bit. Uh, obviously, the ability to reverse diabetes, you know, comes with some pretty, uh, pretty big implications, right? You know, including how we, we think about using medications, as well as uh, impact on other common com comorbidities like hypertension. Uh, you know, what do you think this means for how we treat uh, what we, you know, what we're currently calling chronic conditions? You know, as we move forward. Well, I, I don't want to sound too kind of grandiose here, but I, I will say something that may sound like that. And here's this. We spend about $4 trillion a year in healthcare in America, about $4 trillion. 
depending on whose numbers you kind of believe, chronic disease and cardiometabolic issues cover one to three trillion. So let's just call it half. Half of that four trillion goes to treating what you might call lifestyle diseases. So let's say two trillion. Most of that money goes into either treating symptoms like high blood pressure or high blood sugar with medications or the end result of those diseases, which is heart attacks and deaths and amputations and dialysis. That's obviously not gonna go, those diseases go, the way, go, go away. So here, here's the big idea, the grandiose thing. What if most of those diseases can actually be reversed nutritionally? What would happen to individual patients, taxpayers, payers, society? I think that is the big idea that we are executing at VertaHealth. And also, of course, always trying to back up our claims with published and peer-reviewed results. And I believe that statement is true. Most of these cardiometabolic diseases are reversible nutritionally with the right support and the right nutrition science. Yeah, and, and the amount of productivity that would go back into society and uh, into the U.S. just on that alone, if we think about <laughs> just think about balancing the budget, there you go. Uh, yeah, and, and we will, there is no way we will solve the diabetes epidemic with more dialysis. There is no way we will solve the cardiovascular disease epidemic with more heart surgeries. No, that's just catching, you know, the end uh, complications and trying to keep people alive. You have to do something earlier, and that's what we're doing at Verda. Yeah, so so then maybe just to, to wrap up here, you know, maybe, what's next for Verda here? Uh, you know, what, what what should you know investors be focused on? You, you talked about uh, your five year studies and peer review. Maybe, maybe you know what, when you think that might uh, get published. Um, you know, anything that we should look out for? Yeah, well, okay. yeah, totally. Well, we, I, I think we have something like a dozen abstracts or so coming out at the American Diabetes Association uh, session this summer. And I think our five-year results hopefully get peer-reviewed and published uh, this year. But for us as a business, honestly, we have a treatment that's working, fundamentally working. We have getting close to 300 direct customers from large employers to health plans to even the U.S. Veterans Administration. We're growing about 100% year over year. So as perhaps boring as it sounds, we've got a hammer and there's a lot of nails and we're just executing as fast as we can. And scaling a vertical company is not easy, but I would say execution and scaling is taking 80% of my focus as a CEO and probably 90% of the team's focus. And that's really what we are doing right now. Um, and at the end of the day, it's, it's also going to translate into very good business, which makes patient better, saves our customers, our employee and help and government customers a lot of money. So that's what we are working on. Yeah, that, well, you know, we look forward to, you know, the progress you guys make and, and Sammy, uh, Sammy, really glad you could join us today. Really uh, appreciate the discussion today. Yeah, thanks, Charles, for having me and uh, great job doing this podcast. Great, thanks. And uh, thanks, everyone, for uh, tuning in. And I uh, hope you all check out uh, future podcasts as, as they come out. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned for the next episode of Cowan Insights.